0: Chapter 7 My parents got me out. I don't know. It felt like forever. I wasn't charged. I'm sure they were showing the video footage of me in the cell. They took me home. I didn't know what was going on. I felt like my parents were trying to stop me. I ended up calling an ambulance and they took me to hospital. The EMTs must have given me a shot to put me out. When I woke, I was on a bed on the emergency floor. It was quiet. Things were beeping. Why was I hooked up to all this shit? I thought to myself, where the fuck am I? It was foggy. I remember I had a mission. I jumped out of bed. Different beeping sounds went off. The orderlies had to contain me. They put me into an empty room and closed the door. Big mistake. I was freaking out hard. The door was locked. What? I smashed my entire body weight on the door. Nobody was going to lock me up in here. I exploded through the door. It was intense. They must have jabbed me again. The next thing I knew, I woke up in a bed on a different floor. It took a few days before I got out of that place. I couldn't really process what had just happened. I was in shock about what was going on. It had been peak psychosis. The ephedrine and the weed in combination had been getting me worked up in the last six months and I slipped into it. Eli and Mars came to see me in the hospital. Eli had gone to Hawaii on vacation that Christmas. I didn't know what to tell them. I don't think they knew how to react. What do you say to someone who has just done all those things? Are you okay, man? What the fuck happened? Was someone chasing you? Did you hear voices in your head? I felt like I had betrayed Eli somehow. I had fallen from his graces. This would live with me for years. To me, Eli was the brother I never had. He saw something in me. He pushed me to succeed. He was an inspiration he was a leader of men. To them, they probably figured, this guy's nuts. What had I done? Had I destroyed my destiny? Was I on my timeline again? The fear of getting kicked out of school and the events of 9-11 had pushed me against a wall, causing me to tumble into flight or fight mode and out came the psychosis. Eli never looked at me the same. Our friendship changed. I was destroyed on the inside. It felt like I had lost my brother. My parents brought me to a psychiatrist. He was a family friend, a Sri Lankan. He did a consultation on me and talked in a more philosophical way, talking about different countries, armies, and stuff. He was trying to enter my psychosis to figure out what was going on. I could tell. I was still trying to decode what had happened to myself. How the hell could he? I was concealing my thoughts in my answers to his questions. Psychiatrists prescribed drugs. They didn't understand how miracles work. He knew I would not let him in. After the consultation, he sent me to Surrey Memorial where I got a CAT scan. Could it be the brain eating malaria that had come to haunt me, I wondered to myself? The scan came back with nothing. I remember sitting on a bench and then they gave me a jab on the leg. I don't know what it was for. I was cooperating. It seemed a bit unusual after the fact. They also gave me some pills. Not sure the names of them, but they were antipsychotic meds. Nobody ever mentioned the ephedrine. My parents made me promise I wouldn't drink. I agreed. I had written a paper on political theory and was unsure if I had passed. Phew! I did. It felt over my head. My parents wanted me to take a semester off school. My mom even said, I'm thinking about getting a job in Qatar at a university. You could go to university there if you wanted. Qatar? I thought to myself. There was an American university there. I pictured myself trying to learn Arabic momentarily. Where had this come from? It seemed out of left field. I shook the idea off. No, all my friends were at UVic. I hadn't been kicked out of school. I needed to go back. I could do this. I wasn't crazy. Okay, wait. What I did might have been crazy, but I'm not crazy, I thought to myself. I was trying to save the world here. Nobody knew at this point what my intentions had been or what I had been thinking regarding the 9-11 incident. I insisted to my parents I continue at UVic. I already had arrangements for accommodation. My parents agreed to my wishes. The following semester, they both drove me in my father's 93 forest green Ford Aerostar to Victoria. I just wanted to get back to Victoria and forget this thing ever happened. It felt like maybe I had destroyed my life. Did I? Almost cry? wolf. Ephedrine would become illegal in Canada the following year. When we got to Victoria, my parents took me to G-Dog and Nippy's place, and I quickly moved in. Victoria is A damp city. In winter, there's a dampness that goes through houses. Being students, G-Dog and Nippy never had the heat on. When I moved in, the medications made me feel heady. Not in a good way. Hollowed out almost. I tried to shake it off. That evening would be my first night year. I should try to enjoy myself. There was going to be a party or people over tonight. Kind of like a housewarming, I guess you could say. I was offered a beer later that evening and accepted. I was still trying to not think about what had happened to me. But I started to ask myself, had these guys found out about what happened? It didn't seem like it but I wasn't sure. I started to think about the situation again. Shit, my parents were calling to check on me. As I looked at my phone, I answered. It was my father. He started talking to me in a questioning voice. I could hear his concern in it. He asked me if I had been drinking. I told the truth and said I had one beer. I guess my parents were worried because you aren't supposed to mix those drugs the doctor prescribed with alcohol. My father said they were coming to get me. Fuck! It was over. They took me out of there. I stayed in their hotel room in the bed next to them. It was terrible. I grew up sharing hotel rooms with my parents, but this was a different situation. They were extremely concerned about my mental health. My parents ended up finding a place for foreign exchange students. It was with a single mom and her son. He was college age and studying pre-engineering at Camosun College. He was a straight shooter. They were of Cantonese descent. They knew something was up with me. They didn't normally have Canadians staying with them. This place was set up for someone who needed to be taken care of. I had a room. Meals were provided. I tiptoed around that place trying to be as quiet as possible. Obviously not smoke friendly, though I did hit a pipe out the window a few times. I decided I wouldn't take the medication. There was something not right about it. It felt like it removed my spirit from me. As I had alluded to earlier, the feeling hollow through it. I could get away with smoking. I started to lay off the booze though. The place was really near campus, but it became weird to go back and hang out with those guys in that residence. I felt empty. I had distanced myself from all my friends through my actions. They looked at me differently. It was obvious. I still hung out with the circle I had, but there was just a cloud around me. Nobody knew what was going on in my head. Nobody really asked. It didn't matter. I had to dig in. I was not going to get back into that situation again. I considered it a warning and my duty to graduate no matter what. Oddly, what I thought would happen to me happened to Bone Rock felt really bad for him too he like me had enjoyed freedom from home too much though it actually happened to him being expelled bone rock would enroll at kamosin he never got an explanation from me about what i had mentally gone through i was too embarrassed and i figured he thought i was a selfish jerk Actually, he did understand a bit of my situation as there were many parallels between us. I keep things to myself. It's a curse of being an only child. I think a lot of friendships faded in my life because I never expressed myself to those people.